Hello and welcome to End Goals, an LCMS Youth Ministry Podcast. I'm host Reverend Mark Kiesling and I'm with DCE Juliana Schultz. We are here to bring parents, church workers, and lay leaders discussions and resources to help your youth ministry meet its end goal, which is young people who are disciples of Jesus Christ for life. Today, we are talking about the practice where congregations help young people develop a resilient identity in Christ. We are still talking about the seven <laughs> practices of healthy youth ministry. Uh, it feels like for us, like we've been talking about it for a while. This is six to seven. We're almost there. Home stretch. We designed the seven practices of healthy youth ministry based on uh, biblical study, study of our confessions, practical youth ministry, uh, and most of we, uh, and you'll hear us talk about it a lot, uh, the research that we have done, uh, both within our organization in the millennial study and our OIF poll data, but also studies that we have looked at from Barna and a number of other sources. And so we are on the part of the seven practices where we're talking about congregations that help young people to dot, 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 we've already talked about, um, have a deeply understand their baptismal faith. And now we're going on to uh, develop a resilient identity in Christ. And so maybe for this one, let's start with an image. Um, and the place that we kind of landed with this is to be thinking about a tree deeply rooted. Uh, a tree is going to take on storms no matter where those are, where they are located. And do the are the roots deep enough to withstand those storms? Is the tree strong enough to do that? And how are we helping build young people and encouraging ourselves as well to be those resilient Christians in Christ um, as we face the trials of life and what comes about as, again, as we're talking about our young people into those high school years and preparing for one of those major transitions as they head off post high school graduation. And we saw a couple of places this, of this in our research. Uh, one was in the qualitative part of our data where we read stories of young people whose faith was either resilient enough to, to tell a story of how um, when they were challenged, when there was a crisis, when there was a transition, that they were able to, to walk through that and how that strengthened their faith or how that pulled them uh, away from faith and from, from following Jesus. Uh, and uh, we saw this in, it kind of ties all the way back to talking about warmth, challenge, and grace and significant adults and parents being able to have meaningful conversation, especially in times of, of like I said, crisis or transition and those kinds of things. Yeah. So again, you know, thinking about that tree image about um, how the Holy Spirit would bring that strength, that encouragement for, again, that tree to bounce back in that storm. Um and just how that we saw, even those times could be key moments of growth, too, um, to be able to take on questions, maybe, and answer them out of God's word, to be able to see how Christ carried them through a situation to where they uh, uh, got stronger, more strongly connected to their church, the Christian community, but then also to Jesus himself through his word and relying on him. So congregations can look at um, places where we might really want to be shoring up a young person's resilience and their um, their identity in Christ. And, and one of those places would be transitions. Everybody goes through transitions, mm-hmm. right? Uh, going through uh, from junior high to high school, from high school to college. And, and some of those are, are pretty easy to to look at and see coming. And some of those are a little bit harder in terms of of family change and dynamic or um, moving away and the impact that that would have. I think for me, one of those transitional pieces was going from my small Lutheran grade Mm. school where I had had the same uh, 27 classmates from pretty much from (laughs) kindergarten um, to uh, a big public high school where I was uh, one of 300 in my freshman class wow. and um i only had two other people who i knew in the entire wow. grade uh and going okay 
uh, what does this look like now? This is so incredibly different for me and my relationship with my faith, uh, because this is not a Lutheran school anymore. This is a, a public school that's going to have some challenges and challenges that did have uh, as I kind of navigated, especially the social space of that. Yeah, I, I think just where you clicked on there, so many times what we saw is that, again, that you mentioned it before, that key to relationship um, and either relationships changing, what does that mean as young people figure that out or as you know, we do too as adults, change jobs, whatever it might be, and the importance of that and and how through that social side, that relationship side is where young people are learning. And so how are we then also to be the body of Christ to encourage them? I loved hearing the stories that, like you said, we heard about where the church just was the church for people. And sometimes that was maybe, again, being welcomed newly if they just moved in. Um, or also maybe walking through them major transitions of either loss or, again, just some of those things you can plan for, like college or middle school to high school, and how uh, they grew to understand the love of Christ through those relationships that were around them or new ones that came in and pointed them to Jesus as well. Yeah. We can also look at how uh, resiliency is impacted in times of, of, of crisis and perhaps of, of challenge. Have you ever experienced kind of having to deal with, with crisis and challenge? Well, certainly I think challenges. I mean, like you talked about going into a new atmosphere. Uh, you know, for me, it was probably going into college and, and, and one, the exciting challenge of being able to maybe think more intellectually about my faith on a level that I never had before. Certainly had that growing up in high school years, but this is a whole new thing now in terms of philosophy and some other things that I necessarily had to touch in high school, uh, maybe education. And so be able to have those new challenges to be like, okay, how does my faith um, respond to this, apply to this, um, and how do I communicate maybe now in this new context was one, uh, where so there's a great challenge. Another challenge too is when, again, when there was like, oh, this is something that hadn't come up in my high school years to where like, that's an interesting question. Um, and by God's grace, never was uh, a point of forsaking the faith or anything like that, knowing that there's answers, but then having that opportunity to dig deep and find out what they are, I'm going to go deeper into God's word, was something that, again, had an opportunity for God to work through his word to draw me closer to him. Yeah, I think about, um, for me, one of those those spaces was in the summer between my my high school graduation and my starting college at Concordia. I uh, had a friend from high school who, who died very suddenly mm. and for the first time kind of had to grapple with uh, what does that mean and, and what was his faith and uh, how does that impact what I believe about God and God's goodness in this particular situation. And uh, that was one that I, I can remember going to Concordia and, and being in Bible studies and really grappling with for the first time. Yeah. Uh, how do I think about this? How do I process this? Um, how does it impact the way that I think about and understand who God is and who I am as a baptized child of God? And I know we won't get into this podcast, but I know something will be, certainly be a topic moving ahead is I think we get into that question. We get it a lot from um, pastors and and, and youth workers about how do we um, help young people that yes it is the one Christian faith that is what we confess but it is that kind of now um, uh, individualized side of it in terms of that they understand it is it's my faith it's my baptismal faith too that I've been raised in and how do I uh, how does Christ keep me in that and so that when you, I encounter these unique situations maybe that are to me or to the gifts that I have how is Christ walking me through that? How do I look back to my baptism, live in that baptism grace um, that I know? 
So we look at some of the key points of what that means to have a resilient identity in Christ. And the first one of those would be that resilient young people identify with the life and the mission of the Christian church and seek to serve others. So here we're talking about resiliency means that they don't just have a a Sunday morning faith that doesn't walk with them the rest Mm -hmm. of the week, but that their faith is something that isn't. Uh, is public is a day-to-day thing it's they're not alone that they are a part of a greater community and they identify not only that greater community but their role in it yeah i think uh, another piece about that too that young people that understand they're not alone in their faith um, they're not alone in their struggles and also the trials of life that there are either adults or parents around them that have been through that and can walk with them through that. But then there's also peers uh, that they're wrestling with at the same time that they're able to support one another and be able to build those healthy relationships through that and encourage one another that way. And I think a part of that, too, and just in the teaching side of it is to help them understand the history of the church and the history of, of Christians um, and of, of all of God's people to see that the church and individual believers have gone through this before. Scripture gives us those stories. History gives us those stories and how God would faithfully bring them through. And I think it's sometimes maybe in our uh, world where there's a lot of questions about morality and sometimes Christians can maybe be seen as old-fashioned is to say, well, actually, we've dealt with these moral questions before. If you want to... If we want to look back in the history, if we want to look about questions that were placed against God's word or against the church, church has been there and by God's grace faithfully been able to answer them um, and continue to be a place where God meets us at in his church. So I think it's a great opportunity to open up questions and for young people to grow uh, deeper in their understanding of history, but then also certainly, of course, most importantly, God's word. The Christian church and that identity as, as identified as part of the life and the mission of the Christian church uh kind of is a lot of words but but mm-hmm. really is is giving them that that place in an identity as um, a part of something bigger than themselves mm-hmm. and i think that history ties to that uh but we look at so many places now where young people who aren't connected to a church are kind of looking for that sense of of connectedness and rootedness mm-hmm. and something bigger than themselves mm-hmm. uh i i think about a little bit and and we're gonna get flack for this so i'm apologize in advance uh, CrossFit um, <laughs> and how, <laughs> yeah. um, how that becomes not just an exercise regimen, but truly like a place of, of community and bonding and sharing and um, a, 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 a shared uh, life and vision and mission mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. and how appealing that is to people. And I think uh, we underestimate sometimes the need that young people have, especially in today's disconnected society for a place where they are both connected and part of something larger and bigger than themselves. Mm-hmm. Another key point that we saw that maybe is becoming of more importance in the last uh, few years is that we saw uh, a key point was for resilient young people to remain humbly confident in their faith in the face of crisis and transition. And so kind of an interesting piece that we kind of land on with this humbly confident. What we mean by that is that it's where we're looking to for the source of our confidence, and that is in Jesus Christ. Um, and so it's not, again, our doing. It's not about us. There's something bigger than than us. There's the church, and then it's what Christ has done for us. And so we're confident what he has done, and, and again, that object of our faith. Um, and that certainly in those times of faith, faith, uh, uh, crisis and transition, uh, that we know that Christ is with us in those times, and so that we can um, either be able to speak the word of God, maybe to others who might have um, opposed us or have questions for us, but then at the same time, too, we know where to go for security and safety during maybe times of crisis. 
that idea of humble confidence mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of I, I love that kind of back and forth in that i mean i think there's some tension there right we want to make sure that people um are sharing the gospel right yeah. that we're not hiding uh our faith and what god has done for us and and failing to share that especially when when we have opportunities but also um you know as we talk a lot in in youth group circles uh not really attacking people with scripture mm-hmm. uh, we're not mm-hmm. we're not here to uh to be on the offensive so much as we are to he- be here and be present um to be living out actively our faith yeah. in a way that uh that causes people to have conversations with us where we can share the gospel yeah i, th- I think it uh well, you kind of mentioned it with your experience is that too, I think that can engage uh, a deeper understanding of suffering in the world. Um, and then like you said, the application of Christ's mercy into that place too. Um, and so to see our place in that, but then also to see others as they suffer in life and the good news that we can bring into those relationships mm-hmm. and those connections. So the next piece here is that the resilient youth can build relationships with those who are different than themselves and navigate disagreements in a humble and loving way. And that uh, in today's world <laughs> is no small task. Uh, I think uh, you know, it's so interesting to me. There's, there's any number of studies out there that talk about how um, people just have have in many ways lost yeah. the ability to have meaningful conversation mm-hmm. with people who who think differently or are different than who they than they are and uh, I think uh, as Christians what a loss that is because if we can't talk to people <laughs> if we can't have conversations with people who are different than us um one we're gonna lose out on part of the body of Christ because mm-hmm. the body of Christ often looks different than mm-hmm. us right mm-hmm. other people from across the globe who are faithful believers Believers, but also we're losing out on so many opportunities to to share the gospel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and certainly, too, I, like so, just that ability to take on disagreement has come a pretty hot topic in recent times. So we, we live in this information age. We're inundated with ideas and information, uh, whether that's just through regular media, but also social media. Um, and we just, I guess, in many ways appear to live in a more fragmented society Um where it's just hard to find maybe those shared values and goals. And and the church can, one, be that place where we can come together to find those people, but then as we go out and maybe live out our daily vocations, is that that can be a source of strength as we rely on Christ, as we go out into maybe a very fragmented world, and how do we bring the peace and unity of Jesus into that and speak to that. And and we just, we see that, I know we've said in other podcasts, that we just love to do our LYF trainings. And man, those young people come to our trainings, and they want to be reminded of God's grace, but they want to be equipped to go out and share the good news too. Like they, they care for that friend that they've come to know in their school that doesn't know Jesus or is going through difficult times. They see the brokenness in their world and they want to be reassured of, of certainly of Christ's love for them, but then also how do I share it with others as I see who deeply need it. And so um, again, that humble way that we can share God's word, even when there's time when maybe there is obvious disagreement that we can do that well and faithfully. This plays into uh, the way that we handle conflict within our Mm -hmm. congregations, too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's so interesting to me how often uh, young people, uh, both my experience while I was in the congregation in our research, picked up Mm -hmm. on how conflict was handled within a congregation, even if they weren't a part of that conflict, even if they were adjacent to that or saw that. I mean, I can remember times in my youth ministry where there was conflict and how that was handled and uh, maybe saw a little more of it because my mom was a church worker but uh but definitely 
the place where we can model that yeah. well, uh, the place where we can handle conflict well, certainly should be the church, should be a place where we offer forgiveness and uh, and receive absolution for when we make mistakes and then where we talk and where we come together as, as a part of the body of Christ, as, as, as baptized children of God. Uh, and when that doesn't happen, that can have some really difficult impact on our young people. Yeah, this seemed like one of those places where, you know, you talk about, young people are watching, that this was one area where they were watching pretty closely. And so they talk a lot about, you know, uh, gossip being a real negative thing maybe in their congregation and that, you know, I was hoping to come to a gossip-free area. That's what I thought the body of Christ was. And so trying to wrestle with that a little bit. And so how do do we deal with disagreement? And that's not just in the congregations, it's in our homes. Um, and so how are parents and children and others dealing with disagreement and uh, confessing their sins, receiving forgiveness from one another, showing Christ's love in that way? And so that becomes a pattern for young people as they move ahead to future relationships, future marriages, whatever it might be, that they're learning those things. Well, how do you deal with conflict? How do you humbly ask for forgiveness? How do you give forgiveness? Um, and so that's a great pattern that God has given to us as his people, that we live out that life vocationally um, in his name. And so that can be a really great opportunity to teach young people that as they start to understand the complexity of the world in which they're going into and they're going to be leaders in um, and how can they lead that way and if the church can't do it well right. um, how do I hope young people are going to do that well mm-hmm. when they're in outside of the church um, and how are they expected to be able to have skills to model outside of the church mm-hmm. if we can't within our own selves be able to be um, upfront, uh, to be honest to be um, gracious to one another uh, and to, to find uh, ways to put the best construction on things mm-hmm. uh, I, 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 I think uh, often again you know we we think about social media sometimes and we think about these conversations and uh, and how frequently uh, we have young people who come and say like I see what my leaders put on yeah, social right, media right. Uh, the divisiveness that they use the way that they talk about my generation the way that they um, they argue with one another um, I see that. And I don't want to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're just not modeling it well. And how can we expect our young people to be good examples if we ourselves aren't good examples? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I, I mean, that's uh, that's been a learning for me, um, even just uh, <laughs> as we work. I work more with young adults now uh, to hear some of those stories from them about how um, how really when conflict is handled poorly, that really sticks in the memory of young people. And it doesn't take a lot. It doesn't take uh, six or seven incidences. It can be just one mm-hmm. instance that's handled poorly uh, that can really uh, help uh, become a, a stumbling block that has young people walking away from the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the last key things we saw, too, uh, importance in putting um, and, and really investing in young people is for them to uh, see themselves as lifelong learners, and that when they face doubt and challenge, they turn to God's word um, as their source during those times. And again, as youth mature, um, they're going to learn more about this planet on which we live. They're going to learn about their present systems that they have, relationships and things. Um, and as they do that, they're also going to continue to learn about God's word and be able to apply that to their changing lives. Um, and really, I guess, as we say, they never outgrow learning about God's word. They never outgrow faith. They never outgrow life in the church. And so how are we walking with them as they are maturing in many ways, put into new situations, and that always to kind of get in that rhythm of life that the, the practicing and being in the word of God is something that never leaves them and becomes just a natural thing for them. And especially maybe when they face those challenges, that's the kind of first place that they turn, if you will, when they're faced with those doubts or concerns or questions to know that Christ is with them. One of the things that I ended up uh 
putting into my confirmation curriculum, I think at one point, uh, was really to help um, young people to ask a hard question and then, okay, how would we go about finding the answer mm-hmm. to that, right? And let's compare what we would find if we Google this answer mm-hmm. um, right. to, yeah. right? To uh, let's figure out how to use a concordance. Let's figure out how to use your catechism and the tools that are in there. Let's figure out how to use. Oh, let's go ask Pastor. What would pass? How would Pastor discover um, and uh, dig into something? Um, what other resources are there? Um, who's a trustworthy source and who's not? Um, because if if I'm just always the one giving them the answer, then we're never teaching them the lens through which they can figure out the answers on their own. Uh, And we really need young people to be able to, as they become more independent, when I have a difficult question, when I'm faced with a challenge to my faith, how do I figure that out? Uh, What are the tools in my toolbox to be able to have um, a way to think through that that doesn't depend on if Alexa is giving me the right answer or not? Um, Because who knows what that answer could be? Um, Maybe they'll end up on Uh, (laughs) LCMS.org, right? Uh, Maybe they'll end up in a trustworthy place, Uh, but but they might not. And so um, being able to help them to do that level of discernment is key in helping them be more resilient. Yeah, and there's there's that side of the humility too in learning in terms of, um, you know, there's always that a desire and wanting and capacity to learn um, through new relationships, um, but then continual study of God's word and how uh, the Holy Spirit works through preaching and teaching um, their own Bible study to expand their understanding of God's love for them. That might, again, be um, as they're taking encourage to um uh, look at new relationships and sharing the word of God, um, how maybe they can be reconcilers with others um, and bring peace into a time that there might be conflict. And so they could ruin that as well, that, you know, the, the systemized learning doesn't end at the end of confirmation or at it the end doesn't? of high school. I know, I know, or at the end of high school, <laughs> uh, but yet continues on. That gives them kind of that foundation as they go ahead and mature in Jesus and in their lives. Yeah, and hopefully, as as youth leaders, hopefully you're listening to this podcast right. <laughs> because you want to be a lifelong learner, uh, because you want to engage on that level. Um, I think I, it always makes me think about uh, when I was at, at Concordia and I was having a class with uh, Professor Russ Moulds, mm-hmm. who's an amazing Excellent. guy, a uh, great professor, um, and I. He was talking to us about like how would we respond to a really challenging question from a young person, a theological question that we might not have the answer to. Um, I said, well, I think it should be perfectly valid to say I don't know. Um, and I just remember him looking directly at me. I actually think he might have gotten down on, on like like to my level <laughs> and being like, Juliana, you can do better than I don't know. Our faith can do better than I don't mm. know. Like there is always a place that we can go in scripture that will help yeah. us better understand. Uh, we don't just dismiss questions. Yeah. We can search and we trust that God has given us the tools and the things that we need to understand difficult situations. Yeah. And certainly we want for those that are listening, it's okay maybe in the moment to in say, moment, I don't know. I don't know. know. I don't know, but we'll find the answer. I think that, right. that's that second part is that I know the answer is there. We'll find it. I may not, not know right off the top, but I know there's resources and let's, and maybe let's do this together. I mean, I think yeah. it can be important learning yeah. too. It's like, Hey man, you asked a really good question that I'm not sure about. I want to learn about it too. So let's, right. let's do it together. Yeah, absolutely. And let's walk through that process together. Mm-hmm. Let's think through that together because we can, and in modeling that we're teaching them that our faith is deep enough. It's yeah. it, it has the kind of ability to say, I can handle that question. Mm-hmm. There's no question that God can right. handle. And if we come at it with that level of hope and confidence. Right. Because right, there's still 
there are still questions where the answer is, I don't know. <laughs> right. But I, right. and I, yet I turn to Jesus um, right. and right. I rest in him. Yeah. And, and helping young people decipher that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's a great place for us to be thinking about that resiliency. And there's so much more that we could talk about in this topic. I think resiliency is one of these key pieces um, that we uh, we really are, are hoping uh, that we can develop some great resources around uh, because it truly came up in so many different ways um, in the research that we did. Uh, so some challenges to think about as you're thinking about how this might apply to your youth ministry. So how does your youth ministry prepare youth for uh, the trials of life, uh, including some life-altering situations or crisis? Uh, how are you, uh, those times are going to come. <laughs> your kids are going to go into crisis. Something is going to happen. Uh, how are you um, thinking about how God can use your youth ministry to anchor that young person to God's promises and their baptism when that crisis comes, not if. Another challenge might be to list some of the transition youth and young adults go through in your area, in your context, and how can congregations resource and prepare your young people for those transitions, especially maybe, again, those that happen on a regular basis, like beginning college or career life, so that you're walking with them, knowing that they are loved by their uh, congregation, the body of Christ, um, and preparing them for that time of transition as well. And then how are you encouraging young people to be lifelong learners in your congregation's Christian education process? Uh, how are you modeling for them, but also giving them good instruction on how uh, they can be uh, people who are in God's word and who are continuing to learn uh, a deeper understanding of who God is and what he's done for us uh, in uh, continual study as they grow? We're going to continue to keep you in our prayers as we uh, study how we can be in healthy youth ministry. We pray that you have a resilient faith uh, that handles all of these moments of crisis and transition well. But also we pray as you uh, continue to guide young people that you walk with them uh, through those moments that you have all that you need uh, in God's word and in, in, through his spirit to be able to manage that with them and to walk with them through those things. Well, we hope this podcast has been helpful for you and encouraging to you. We are through six of the seven practices. We're almost there. One more almost. is we're going to if talk about. If you're binge watching, you are almost <laughs> there. That's right. We're going to talk about uh, helping young people understand their uh, unique vocation and the important that importance that that is in their life. Um, again, just thank you for uh, your service to young people. Certainly, as you're listening to the podcast, would love to get a review. Know that you're listening. Send questions our way. Subscribe to the podcast if you're listening out there. Just so thankful for your investment in young people. And Gold Podcast is a production of LCMS Youth Ministry and KFUO Radio. To find out more about LCMS Youth Ministry or to find links to resources mentioned, go to kfuo.org slash youth ministry. Thank you for listening and caring for the young people of our church.